Hello everyone, welcome back to Chibi and Chill, the anime podcast. I'm your host Ryan, if this is your first time checking out the podcast, hello, welcome. I hope where you are is a little bit cooler, where I am is absolutely roasting, it's so hot. But hey, it's lovely that it's summer, it's nice not to be cold I guess. In this podcast, it's all about anime and manga and talking about your favourite series, in-depth looks at characters, the history of anime and manga industries and everything in between. If you are into anime and manga, you are definitely in the right place. In last week's episode, it was all about the absolute go of anime and manga, which is One Piece and 20 facts you didn't know about the iconic anime and manga series. So if you are a fan of One Piece, maybe you're on the marathon like me, maybe you're on the marathon, you're halfway through, maybe you're 20 episodes in, wherever you are in this journey of One Piece, go ahead, check the episode out. I've tried to make it as less spoilery as possible, so it's all free. It's more about kind of Oda and how he created the series, the history behind the series, that kind of stuff. So it's as spoiler-free as I could kind of get it. So a few things before we get started properly into today's episode. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, check out the exclusive Apple Podcasts weekly anime manga news podcast series I do as well. It's called Chibi Piece Exclusive and over there is exactly where you'll find the normal Chibi and Chill episodes like this one. So new episodes release every Sunday and I discuss the top five news stories for anime and manga for the past week, the past seven days, some mini highlights and some also a weekly anime recommendation that you should be checking out for that week. Remember to leave a rating and a review for the show and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Anyway, so without further ado, this week's episode is all about manga and the history of manga. Specifically, it's the second part, part two of the mini-series that is the history of manga. And in part one, we took a trip way back in time, right? We took a trip centuries back to when manga first started and its early, early origins when the term manga first started to get used. And in this episode, we'll cover the 70s, 80s and 90s of manga and how they kind of shaped each other. I'll also go through some of the aspects of the iconic manga style and how that become kind of became synonymous with manga and anime, but also synonymous with the country of Japan as a whole. So there's a lot to cover in this episode. It's going to be quite jam-packed. So let's dive straight into the 1970s. So the 70s for manga was very much a kind of transition period for the industry with a kind of rise in interest for content created by popular female mangakas or manga authors. And that kind of, there was a lot of, like the 70s were full of rebellion, flower power, peace, that kind of stuff. So the manga focus kind of followed that same path and you'll see that come through later on as well. And the shuju genre rocketed to the mainstream tackling complex relationships aimed towards a new audience of readers both young and old so the new readership allowed for the industry to explore different themes kind of focused towards kind of sexuality allowing for a broader focus of narrative okay so it kind of not that every story was sexualized but it was there was a different focus so in terms of international well thanks to this kind of refocus the 70s was one of the most influential eras for manga right 
and helped shape the narratives for the entire industry for the 80s and partway through the 90s. So internationally, this did not happen until the late 1970s or 1980s in America. And anime had largely already established itself around the world during this time period and was more readily accessible to those who were interested in those types of stories. It's not like it was today, obviously, but it was starting to become known. And it was much easier at the time for an episode of an anime to be subtitled rather than try and translate an entire volume of manga. So anime had kind of had the upper hand in the international kind of reach. And the biggest European manga market was actually France, having a share of 50% apparently in the continent's manga market, with manga comics representing 40% of all comics being published in France. That, I don't know why that surprises me, but it really does. Yeah, wow. (laughs) So the country had a particularly strong and diverse manga market, publishing loads of genres right and it wasn't only just for kids there was a lot of adult focused drama experimental and kind of avant-garde more weird works they were not so famous outside of japan but they were in france and it was during the 70s that we also saw other genres of manga kind of come to the forefront and get created as well so seinen manga spelled s-e-i-n-e-n so sorry if i said that wrong Seinen manga is intended for older male audiences. They emerged in the 1960s and 70s and tackled more mature themes such as politics, war, violence, and more kind of racist subjects such as prostitution, that kind of stuff. And they feature the the stories are kind of a lot more complex. Okay, they're a little bit a little bit older, and some of the more popular titles to come from the 70s are some that. You'll start to see the theme of love, romance, and peace come through in some of these. So we've got Glass Mask by Suzu Suzu Muchi, and when that was from 1976, and it's still ongoing. At over 50 million copies sold, this is the second highest shoujo manga of all time, and it was a romance manga, and it's one of the ones where the romance was the entire focus of this, and that romance and love and things like those kind of peace, flower power. All that kind of vibe was really popular in the 70s, so it's no surprise that this one became very popular. Barefoot Jen by Kenji Nakazawa, based on his own personal experience of of creator Kenji Keiji Nakazawa. I'm so sorry about the (laughs) the names. They're so hard to say, but beautiful names. Barefoot Jen follows the character and his struggles to survive in post-nuclear Hiroshima. So war was a really big focus as well. It was a lot in the headlines in the 70s, and that reflected also in other forms of manga, such as this one. And Hiroshima was one of the biggest events in the 70s, so there's no, there's no surprise that this made its way into a manga story as well. And then one of the most popular ones was The Rose of Versailles, which was Ryoku Ikeda, which ran from 1972 to 73. And it's about a person raised from birth as a man to keep the family lineage. The young lady, Oscar, finds herself the interest of men and women alike. Her life experiences and understanding of struggle with identity allows her to establish a kind of compassionate persona, once not turn a blind eye to the suffering of people of Versailles. So this one is more of like a historic drama of the reign of Mary Antoinette, seen through the eyes of Lady Oscar. So it captures kind of this 
royalty, romanticised, again, a romance vibe going on. And that one was, that was one of the ones where I'm really surprised that to see we, there's a lot about uh, how people perceive themselves nowadays with, you know, how you want to be portrayed and that kind of stuff. So I think it's interesting that that was so popular way back in the 70s. So the 1980s is marked as one of the most kind of progressive manga periods with titles that would completely redefine the entire landscape and kind of become, it will create some of the most iconic pieces of work ever. And ones are still going today. And that's the same for manga, of course, but that is the same for music and it's the same for films as well. The 1980s was one of these moments of absolute creative boom and everything happened everything went in the 80s there was no no limit and during the 80s and 90s manga saw a significant increase in the global market and gained massive kind of progress i guess in the united states when akira was released in 1988 and ghost in the shell in 1995 manga began to attract a much larger audience globally outside of japan than ever before so it kind of, it was a decade that we saw the most creation and rise of some of today's most iconic series. Some of, some of those include Berserk by Kentaro Miura. So sorry, I put that name. And that, is, that started in 1989, so just picked it in the 1980s. And that's still ongoing. So it's not just the best manga of the 80s. A lot of people kind of say that uh, we've all seen the giant books, we've all seen the humongous Berserk books, but it currently holds the number one spot of any manga. And the closest title that has ever come to close, getting a close to perfect score on minormailist.com. Another one was Nozka Val of the Valley of the Wind by Miyazaki of Studio Ghibli. So that was made in 1982 to 1994. And it's one of the most important works to come out of the 80s, if not just for being the pre- precursor and kind of initial work that was just before the founding of Studio Ghibli. And the series acted as one of those catalysts to become one of the most most loved film studios to date by the now famous and household name studio. This was one of the films where it's often, it wasn't created specifically by Studio Ghibli, but it was made by Miyazaki, which helped found Studio Ghibli. And their style is so, so present in this piece of work. So it's, it's often attributed to the studio as a whole anyway. And the third one is Parasite by Hitsoshi Iwakawi. So again, sorry for that name. And that was 1989 to 1994. So a lot of them spanned over the decade. So with the invasion of a small Asian alien species, a young student named Shinchi Izumi finds he has been inhabited by the same creature. However, the only part of his body that becomes possessed is his arm forcing him and the parasite to work together. So this is one of the ones where it's become iconic, right? This The anime and the manga have both become iconic. And this is one of the ones I should recommend to everyone. And I feel like I, feel like I started to watch Parasite years ago. And I don't actually think I ever finished it. But maybe I should, maybe that's my own recommendation for my own self. I should rewatch this series. But other series came out. We've already mentioned. We've already mentioned Akira. There was Banana Fish and Hajime Hajime as well. 
So there are so many iconic series. It's a bit like when looking back at the manga series, but looking back is the same as looking back at the films that were made in that year as well, that decade as well, such as Rocky, that kind of thing. You know, these are massive, massive films. So the 1980s also saw other genres of manga be created and designed as well. So Jose manga emerged in the 1980s and that targeted older female audience, audiences. So it's an introspective genre that delves into more mature themes and shed lights on women's struggle, women's struggle with betrayal, love, femininity, its insecurity, sexuality. And a lot of the most famous manga that fit this genre is Paradise Kiss and Nana. And then one of the more risque ones is hentai and that genre is a genre of manga that again it came out in the 1980s and it features sexually explicit or pornographic content and its name is taken from hentai psyche which means a perverse sexual desire quote unquote and it's it's kind of a niche audience i have to say and it is actually taboo in Japanese society and it's absolutely not recommended for minors please if you've got kids please do not buy this them um yeah that is that's an interesting genre but it is there and it was made in the 1980s and then finally we get to the 1990s so the boom of international manga market didn't happen until the late 1990s and was helped by anime being shown on tv at the west during that time and series such as Sailor Moon, Pokemon, Dragon Ball, all of the absolute amazing series that we know and love today, all found their beginnings in the 90s. And these were all shown after school, like their scheduled slots on, and on Saturday mornings. And I can remember running home from school to watch these episodes and oh, it was so ex- it was an amazing time. And the demand for more material for these series just skyrocketed, right? It just grew and grew. So the 90s in particular saw the release of a few iconic series that would become hugely influential and part of both anime and manga fandom for decades right up to now. So companies such as Tokyo Pop and Viz took action bringing over dozens of new series in trade paperback format to kind of really ride this train of western popularity with manga and anime. A manga could suddenly be found at every bookstore you went to as far and it was far more accessible than it had ever been before. So some of the most popular manga titles to come from the nineties and I absolutely know if you didn't hear of the other ones, you definitely heard of these ones. So Hunter X Hunter by Yoshiro Togashi, which is all about a young hopeful gone freeze decides he wants to become a hunter in order to find his long-lost father who disappeared while adventuring. As a result, Gon begins a long journey with and against other expiring treasure seekers. This is an amazingly popular series, and I feel like this is a series that, yes, it was big in the 90s, but I feel like it's got even more popular in the most recent years. It's one that's just gone from strength to strength. Vagabond by Takehiko Inu which is 1999 to 2015, so this one's had a really long span. And based on the legendary samurai Miyamoto Musashi, Vagabond offers an ideal mix of historical fiction, drama, and action that has seen the series sell over 87 million copies worldwide, which is absolutely amazing, considering this is one of the few series on the list 
well, on this list, I guess, not kind of boosted by an anime or a live action adaptions. This was one that's essentially just done its sales based on its own story. Not boosted by an anime is what I'm trying to say. And the last one, I know I mention it all the time, but it is One Piece by Ichiro Oda, and it was started in 1997, and obviously, we all know it's still ongoing. We can't deny that the success of One Piece is absolutely undeniable, right? And there is not a manga or anime fan alive that is not at least aware of the series, whether you've read it or watched it, is a different story, but you know what it is. And... It's one of those ones where it's completely dominated the industry and it's become part of... It has such a cult following, I guess, and now I'm part of that cult following as well. I can't deny that. But the 90s saw this creation, so, you know, that's its own legacy on its own. But I feel like the 90s had this golden moment for anime and manga. You could go into a store and buy a manga for a series you loved as a kid or as a young adult for an anime you've just been watching and you want to learn more or you want to read more about it or you want to continue the story before the next episode comes out. There was such a golden moment for that, and it was so... Maybe I look back so nostalgically now, but looking at it, it was just amazing. And I was born in 1994, so it was was the 2000s, really, where I began to dive into the world of anime and manga, and I can remember going to a store called WH Smith, which is a bookstore, and Waterstones at the weekend with my mum and dad, and buying a couple volumes of manga. And it was, oh, it's just so, I was so excited to buy every volume that I could, and the artwork just blew me away every time. It was following the 90s and the 2010s and today, that we start to see the digitalization of manga, and that's allowed so many more millions of people to ease access manga on any device. When I read manga, I read it on the Shonen Jump app. Don't worry, this app, this isn't sponsored by them. I wish it was, but it's not. And I read it on the Shonen Jump app for about two euro a month, which, if you added up the 100 chapters you can read a month for that two euro, it's much less, I think, than buying the physical volumes. Although, I have to say, you can't decorate a bookshelf with the with the iPad because you need it for the volumes. But it's still really, it's nice to be able to read it that easily. And I feel like it's always clear when you, when I kind of do these history episodes, how much development and creation happens in the 70s, 80s and 90s. Thanks to the globalization and the creation of tools such as the internet, it becomes so much easier to access the things that we love. It's never been easier to catch up on any manga series you want at all than it is today. You know, in one of the Chibi Peace exclusive episodes, I talked about the new Kodansha and new Viz app that came out for dedicated to reading more manga. So we have even more tools now. And I think it's super easy to take what we have and use every day for granted, but it, it's allowed many of us, like me here in the West, to dive wholeheartedly into anime manga and explore the culture of Japan through these stories and through these mediums. And it's so amazing that to kind of see it grow from what it was as a kid to what it is now, it's kind of amazing. It's no wonder why the hobby and the love for anime and manga has followed followed me as a kid because I've kind of seen this development throughout the years of this anime and manga industry, I guess. That sounds dramatic. 
but I've seen the development of it and grown up with it. So before we wrap up, I kind of wanted to dive into a little bit of the characteristics that make a manga so iconic that we mentioned earlier. So a manga character is usually presented with exaggerated emotions, and we've all seen it in the likes of Demon Slayer where their tears absolutely pour out enormously, and when they laugh, their eyes become massive, or their eyes their eyes become smaller, their mouths become abnormally massive, their size of like their face. You know, think of Luffy when he smiles, that kind of thing where it's massive. And when a character is angry, they're depicted with rosy cheeks or steam rolling around their bodies. And there's some key iconic ones as well. So oversized eyes that have become absolutely iconic with anime and manga. And they these allow for much more conveyance of these tears that we've mentioned, conveyance of romance, love. A lot of emotions are communicated through the anime and manga eyes. And the characters usually have much more slender figures and usually out of proportion to a body, I guess. So the heads are a little bit larger and boys are usually, well, male figures are shown with much sharper jawlines and female characters and a little bit softer. And the pages, this is the most kind of obvious one when you pick up a manga volume, is that the pages and the entire book reads from right to left, much like Japanese writing does. That is the one that trips most people up. And in the West, if you pick one up, if you and you hold it from try to read it from left to right like we do, you'll see the pick you'll see the page that says, Oops, you picked me up the wrong way, turn me around, and you'll see how to read the panels in a specific order. And it does take a little bit of practice to get used to it, but after you've read so many, you kind of just get used to it. So the 70s, 80s and 90s were some of the most important decades for anime and manga fans, especially today, but for the industry as a whole. We've seen so many iconic series such as Hunter x Hunter, One Piece, Berserk, Akira, Parasite and more be created during this time frame. And it's no mean feat that these were created and sold so well that they helped shape not only the manga industry, but also inspired the anime industry to create adaptions of these pieces of work, and again, inspired more anime and manga to be made off of that. It's it's almost a creative loop was created during these decades, and I think we have so much to be thankful for because of these decades, and we might not have read all this manga. Like, I have not read any of the manga that I mentioned during the 70s, but I'm intrigued too because I know how important they kind of were for setting up the scene for romanticism and those kind of themes in the 80s, and how that kind of trickled down into other romance anime, romance and manga, should I say, and how that kind of made an impact in subgenres and how the Jose manga genre got started potentially because of how popular they were as a whole there's so many interconnections with these decades and i think it's super important to kind of just be aware of when we're picking up a piece of manga a book of manga or read one chapter of a manga or an anime even that it's important to know how that was almost inspired and how three decades of work led to what we're we are enjoying today Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. This week has been a little bit of a longer episode, but we've had so much to cover. So thank you so much for listening in. I hope you've learned a lot. If you're a massive manga fan or an anime fan in general and you want to learn more about manga, thank you so much. I'm 
super grateful for every listen, every download, every subscriber. Thank you so much for joining me this Friday. I hope you have an amazing weekend. Have an awesome... I think it's going to be just as hot this weekend as it is today recording this. So the fan will definitely be getting some use. But I am hoping to catch up on some One Piece. I haven't watched One Piece for about a week, if not longer. I think it might be longer. (laughs) Oh no. But I need to catch up and I have so many more. I haven't watched the latest episode of Hell's Paradise either. So I really need to be catching up. I've been so busy lately that I need to... I've let my hobby slack. So I need to get back on it. I'll leave you guys to it. Thank you so much. And I'll see you next Friday for the next episode. Thank you. The podcast has gained more than 1,100 plus streams now and downloads. So thank you so much for everyone who has listened to these ep- the episodes. If this is your first listen, thank you again so much for checking out the podcast. It really does mean a lot that the numbers do go up and I see them every week. And we're starting to rank on different countries, uh, Apple podcast charts and Spotify charts, things like that. So thank you so much for everyone's support. Thank you for checking out. Thank you for being with me. Thank you for listening to another anime nerd that just wants to share and share his love for anime and manga. Please do leave a rating and a review on the podcast platform that you're listening on this to. It really does support the show. It only takes a few seconds and it's free. I cannot ask. If I ask one thing of you, I'd ask that. Please do leave a rating and a review. Even if it's not great, please let me know. You know, it's even a bad one. Well, bad press is always... what. No, what's the saying? Any press is good press, I guess. Oh, that rhymed. So, so, a rating and a review would be great. It really does support the show. So, thank you so, so much for whatever roof can review you do leave. If you're a mega fan of anime, then why not check out my brand new Patreon monthly subscription club? There are three tiers of membership. Chibi fan, chibi super fan, and chibi mega fan with each tier being better than the last. Each month, for one cost, you'll receive free prints, free downloads, and much, much more, including exclusive behind-the-scenes videos, photos, and more of how I create my prints and anime-themed artwork. If you'd like to receive exclusive updates and anime-themed goodies every single month delivered straight to you, then why not check out my Patreon? The link's down below. I'm sure you'll love being a part of the Chibi Weeb fan club. Sometimes finding a birthday card or an occasion card can be a boring task. However, I have some anime themed cards on my thoughtful.co.uk creator profile, which is found in my links on social media. Over on Thoughtful, you'll find a bunch of anime themed cards, such as Studio Ghibli Happy Birthday cards and more with my range being updated regularly. Each card is processed by thoughtful.co.uk with shipping being fast quick and efficient. You can shop my anime themed cards over on my Instagram with my links being over on there. Just search Weeb Anime and you'll find me. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. It really does mean a lot. Please do leave a rating and a review down below. It really does support the show and it's free to do. I'll see you next time. I'll see you next Friday. Have a great weekend. If you're a subscriber or if you're thinking of subscribing or starting the free trial on Apple Podcasts, I'll see you on Sunday for the next episode of the Chibi Peace exclusive Apple Podcast exclusive episode on Sunday. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.